0: Ladies, gentlemen,
1: I hereby present to you.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of Ask the Broads. We are your local hockey girl gang here to answer questions you submitted on our social channels. I'm Vanessa, your host of this series, and I'm joined today by... Danny. Mallory. Georgia. Georgia. And Sam. So we're recording this the night after the Canucks just secured their spot in the Elite Eight. It was a great game last night. My really quick question is, did we manifest Tyler Mott's emergence? 100%. No question.
1: The only answer is yes. I'm so proud of him.
2: I find it funny how people are starting to tag us and stuff on Twitter without even us prompting anything. They just, they're all like, oh, imagine what the cast crew are thinking right now.
3: So many, so many people tagged us in their Tyler Moss post last night.
4: I think also we can take credit for negging Jake into playing well because he played well last night and we, we nagged
1: that in. So
2: yeah. And Marksham, oh my God. He is our savior.
1: Oh, I got if- the like notification on my phone from like the ESPN app or whatever, and it was great because it was like it was just like the recap of the game, and it just said Markstrom thirty four saves, Bennington fourteen, which I thought was incredible.
4: Bennington's <laughs> was save percentage was like eight hundred.
1: It, it was really bad. was like 7- seventy two. <laughs> Oh was it? God!
4: So <laughs> he went like he went 0 for 5 in the bubble which makes it even more crazy mm. that Berube decided to start him and I don't care about this. He's 3-0 in elimination games. He was not playing well.
2: Like where's the respect to Jake Allen? He got you to this point. Mm-hmm. He dug you guys out of your hole right? Yeah crazy. I'm just gonna go back to your starter. How rude. So looking into the next series against Vegas. Sam, you're a bigger expert on Vegas than we are. What are our odds? I don't think they're great, guys.
3: I mean, you never know, right? Like that's, I've said this before, but I think the reason hockey is fun is because anyone can win. But I think if you're looking at probabilities, I think Vegas is probably, Vegas and Colorado, I think are the two most dominant teams in the NHL. And it's not going to be great. I mean, to be fair, they're top two defensemen did not have that good of a series against Chicago they were pretty good but they weren't dominant so if they continue that maybe maybe our top six can create some havoc but I think I read in the in the athletic that Vegas is like the by far the strongest even strength team and so I think if the Canucks can draw a ton of penalties then maybe yeah they definitely
2: have the special teams yeah one how about their goalies Is it, are they doing like a 1A, 1B situation right now? They have not been doing 1A, 1B. I mean, you can say it is a 1A, 1B, but
3: it's clear that Leonard's the starter. Unless, you know, Alan Walsh is just going to blow it all up, which is very, very possible. We heard from someone that Fleury had no idea he was doing that. And Alan Walsh went totally rogue, which seems pretty consistent. Like when you, I think the Vegas media was trying to create a goalie situation during the first series and they asked Flurry when he played a bunch of questions about, you know, being backup and things like that. And he just didn't bite. He was fully like, I'm committed to it, and Robin's committed to winning. And that's that's what we're here for.
1: So I kind of feel like his agent threw him under the bus. Also, it was super dramatic. I just want to know, like, where he got this image from. Yeah. Like, if he made it himself or if somebody else made it. Like, if he found it on, like, his Instagram Explore page or something.
2: Somebody needs to add. I think he just Googled Marc-Andre Flurry stabbed with a
0: sword (laughs) yeah deborah on the stick the name on the stick was just such a nice touch wow
4: alan walsh petty bitch we love
2: so we got a lot of questions this week we're going to try and answer as many as we can in the time frame we have set out um the first question is from it's a bit more serious but it's from steve Connolly, and he dm'd us and we're going to talk about the cincinnati reds broadcaster tom brenneman who made a homophobic slur on air during play which was caught on a hot bike
1: they were playing the royals it was the second game of a doubleheader, and what he said was just factually incorrect like i'm from kansas city and that's if he was referring to kansas city that's factually incorrect i wish it would be great and cool so i don't know what he was talking about <laughs> but mostly it's just like an absurd thing to say and his apology was incredible because he called a home run in the middle of it, not even changing his tone at all. Um, But also his apology was like bullshit. And he was like, I'm sorry to those who I offended. I'm a man of faith, whatever. Slurs just don't slip out. Like you have them in your vocabulary. And that is how it can slip out when you're on a hot, hot mic. If it's uncharacteristic, you wouldn't have said it at all. It does just show that sports in general are continuing to be unsafe spaces for LGBT communities and players and especially men's sports. I mean, women's sports are definitely strides ahead on acceptance of LGBT players, but I don't think that men's sports have made that same stride.
4: Yeah, when he made his apology and he was like, I'm a man of faith and then the home run happened... And then just carries on. And like a lot of people have pointed out, what's like super problematic about the apology is that he apologized to Fox, like his, he apologized to the people that pay him first, not the community that he was targeting with the word which he is later, he later said he didn't know the history behind, which is like the lies, the lies. I, it's honestly, I think Mal, you said this is like it's gonna be an iconic sports moment that home run mid apology. Like it's it's probably one of the wildest things I've ever seen in my 26 years of watching sports.
2: Yeah, good explanation. Uh, the next question we're gonna go a little bit more lighthearted. It's from the Doc Christopher on Instagram. He asks, of all the great songs from Disney movies, which one is the best? danny i think you have you have your very number one choice right now that you want to get out
0: i feel like there is a number one choice and if you don't agree with this you're just simply wrong it's i'll make a man out of you from mulan it's the best song it's on my workout playlist it'll always be on my workout playlist it's sung it's also sung by Donnie osmond which i just find hilarious it's super inspirational it gets me going every time. Yeah, that's a really good one. Also, Mulan is a really underrated Disney movie and does not get yep, enough credit agree. for being like the best one. I agree. And it is. As someone of Chinese
2: descent, I am extremely excited for the live action. I know they've gotten some flack because they took out Mushu, <laughs> but it's because I think they wanted to focus more on, like, the legend of Mulan, which is an actual thing, and less on disney i think they've also gotten
3: flack because the actress is super pro chinese government (laughs) and like made some super controversial statements about what's happening in hong kong
1: mal say what you want to say about disney i just very passionately believe that the only time you should ever be listening to disney music is if you are watching a disney movie or if you are at a disney park or maybe if you're on the way to a disney park i will if you're driving here I'll, i'll let you do it then But I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the soundtrack to Frozen or Tangled or any of this. That's, I just don't want to hear it. No. Because it's juvenile? Yes. And also just, I'm just not, it's not good. Okay, Georgia, what's your
4: favorite song? I was a nanny for a year and I (laughs) I had so many of these songs just drilled into my brain. I just listened to Frozen for a, a year. It was the, tor- uh, the yeah, torment. <laughs> so for me, like I I also don't really listen to Disney music. If I had to pick something, probably something from like Lion King. I don't know, probably one of those.
2: You I do love the beginning of Circle of Life.
4: <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I was so tempted to do it right there.
0: <laughs> it's my alarm wake up <laughs> in the morning. That's
1: I was so funny. worst mood. Like every single day it would just be like
2: hell. <laughs> so funny, Sam. What's yours? I'm kind of with Mal. I don't
3: really listen to it unless i'm watching a movie or at disney although i will say i do love disney world like i
1: no, I, I think disney world is great i literally okay i was i was probably like 18 so i wasn't a, like i was it was in high school um i cried because um bell called me princess mallory
3: <laughs> oh my god that's amazing that's, that's very cute <laughs> but yeah
1: i i love
3: love disneyland love disney world love going but i don't listen to disney music outside of that but i'm with georgia i think probably probably lion king just because i actually i really love elton john
1: okay i know i just like made this like statement against it but like you guys not <laughs> mentioning the jungle book and like disrespecting phil collins on this podcast like i'm not gonna hear it
2: what's yours vanessa um i'm really gonna show my catholic roots here <laughs> but i'm gonna go with <laughs> georgia to know please be the prince of egypt <laughs>
4: Drinking, <laughs> I am. Okay, go say yeah.
3: it. I <laughs> have that song stuck in my head for the rest of the night. Yep,
2: yeah, it's Horrible. "When You Believe" from
0: the Prince of <laughs> Egypt. You are unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my phone, downloaded right now.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that is unbelievably Catholic. <laughs> that is yeah. the most. It's Catholic a great thing. movie, though. It's an awesome movie. <laughs> yeah. Like like I'll make a man out of you. It is extremely (laughs) inspirational. Mel, have you seen it?
1: I've seen The Prince of Egypt when I was like seven.
2: (laughs) Oh my! I'm not gonna lie. I enjoy my occasional viewing of the movie (laughs) because it's on.
0: I watch it all the time. (laughs) It's so funny.
2: (laughs) And I'm not even Catholic. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. And I mean Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Like name a better duo, right? Yeah. Next question is from Christopher Andrews at Topher underscore cri5 on Twitter. He asks, who was your first celebrity crush and or most embarrassing celebrity crush, Georgie? My first celebrity crush
4: was probably someone from like the Disney Channel. Actually, you know what? I think it was Ricky Ullman from Phil of the Future. (laughs) I love that man. He's also still really hot, so I stand by that. My most embarrassing celebrity crush? I think Sam Neill's really hot. It's kind of embarrassing.
0: Daddy, my first celebrity crush. Okay, one that I remember, it's kind of it's awful. It's Josh Hartnett. I was obsessed with him, like, back in the day. I even saw like Pearl Harbor. How was old? Was I when it came out? like Josh
3: Hartnett was a total babe.
0: I bought you like all the wrong. the Cosmos with him on it and everything. I was really into Josh Hartnett, and I was to lance bass as well
3: the thing that i didn't understand at the time though is like the two were like josh hartnett and chris klein like sorry chris klein is not attractive i do not understand that at all
0: my weirdest or i guess my my it's a weird one Kay. it's gonna be a weird one it's like when i was like younger and i still kind of am obsessed with like the 90s x-men cartoon with that banger of an intro song and I used to think Gambit was so hot when I was a kid, with his, like, Louisiana accent. Uh, Sam, yeah. how are you?
3: I feel like maybe my first crush, I'm gonna have to say, it's both embarrassing, but also my first, was
1: David Beckham. Alongside, along those lines, um, it's not even close to along those lines, like, the segue makes sense in my head which is, I was obsessed with Keira Knightley. Bend It Like Beckham, incredible. Pirates of the Caribbean, incredible. Yeah. I don't think it's embarrassing. She's hot. Mm-hmm. She's still
2: hot. She's objectively super hot. Um, Mine, I think my first was Channing Tatum in She's a Man. And then most embarrassing, I think Steve Carell.
4: <laughs> That's so good. He kind of like glowed up as he got old.
3: Yeah, he's like a silver fox now. You know who else I would consider embarrassing, but not by any means like my first crush, but Stephen Coletti from Laguna Beach. <laughs> oh, loved him.
4: Also loved Talon. Talon? Oh, like yeah. Like Tariro or whatever. Yeah. Like to the point where me and my friends, if we had a crush <laughs> on someone, the code word was
2: Talon. Loved him. Um, next question is from Wookie Pie 14 on Insta- On Sorry, Twitter. What is your favorite funny moment
0: from Canucks history?
1: Uh, Mallory, Oh, ooh. I don't know. Like anytime like the Bruins get curb stomped, that's funny to me.
0: I have one that's kind of funny. I always think of is uh, the Vern Fiddler making fun of Kevin B. X skating by and then A.V. cracking up. I always really enjoyed that one. I used to really, it's kind of ruined because I don't
3: like Ryan Kessler anymore, but when they used to do the interviews where he would just like- Photobomb? Pop up. Yeah, yeah, he would just (laughs) photobomb. Or, like the milk hot dogs thing, just like the random stuff that they used to do, I thought was really funny.
4: I have a specific moment for mine. And sometimes I just think about it randomly and I crack up because I'm weird. It's an Elaine Vigneault moment after a game in a press conference when during the game, Matt Cook put himself offside while on a two on one. And Elaine Vigneault, someone asked him about it and he could not get through the press conference. He was laughing so hard at how shitty a player Matt Cook was. <laughs> he put himself offside on a two-on-one. And it was... I, I must have been, like, 13. But I still think of it to this day, 13 years later. And it's the funniest thing. And I miss Elaine Vigneault so much. <laughs> so good. And I can't find a clip of it. It's somewhere. I cannot find it.
2: Mine is... I was... I didn't watch this live. So I wasn't really, like, a fan then. But when Dion Phaneuf <laughs> tripped on his own stick and just... Wailed when Rutu wanted to fight him, or actually, he, or Finnuff wanted to fight Rutu. He's getting all macho, ready to fight, and then just whoop. I thought that was hilarious. Todd Faber at Faber for Real on Twitter, which is the best Canucks uniform in team history. Personally, I am obsessed with the gradient, the ombre. Love it. I'm trying to get my hands on one right now, but they are hard to come by. They're all like extra large and larges. If you are selling your men's small ombre, please DM me and I will pay a premium. Even better if it has Brendan Morrison on it.
1: And there's like a lot of Canucks jerseys I like because they're so ugly. And like I I like them because they're unpleasant to look at. Like I kind of feel that way about the gradient. Like I think it's not good, but I like it. So anything that's just like oppressive to your eyes and like you wonder how they like played a game in that and like people had to come and watch them play a game in that, that's... That's what I'm into. Like the Flying V ones, those are good. So bad. Ugliest thing I've ever seen and I want one.
2: Georgia?
4: I think like I've said this before, I have never liked a single one of the Canucks logos or jerseys and I don't have the nostalgic attachment to the 94 like Flying Skate because I didn't become a fan until the West Coast Express. The only time I've ever felt like the nostalgic twinge was when they had 2000s night this year and they skated out in like the white mm, yeah. Orca jerseys. And I was kind of like, Oh, that's when I first fell in love with the team, but also these still kind of suck. So I actually like, I don't like any of them. And the only one that I'm semi okay with wasn't even their jersey, and it's the Millionaires logo, and I like it. Also, I look better in red.
1: I think the sleeves of it are so ugly, and I love it.
4: they those are so those are so ugly, but I just like the
1: simplicity of the V. No, I have one with the sleeves. It's great. Jealous I am. Mine is the skate
3: mostly because yeah, I just I it is nostalgic. I like it in black, in white, or in red. And that was kind of the, yeah, it's definitely nostalgia. I don't maybe controversial. I really, really don't like the orca. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. I think there was first of there's no connection to the team name. They made it an orca because John McCaw's company was called Orca Bay Entertainment and I hated John McCaw and he was a shitty owner. And I don't know why we still use something that the only reason they used it was because that was his company's name. It's also cultural appropriation.
4: Yeah, they appropriated hideout Art. Also, I didn't realize until this year that the orc is supposed to be breaking through ice because I'm a dumbass.
0: Danny. Yeah, mine would be the skate jersey as well. Nostalgia reasons, like just growing up as a kid. Like a lot of my kid pictures and like my photo albums feature that logo too and stuff.
2: Yeah, just pretty similar to Sam. At length61 on Twitter asks, what podcast do you all listen to? Not necessarily hockey related.
3: I listen to I kind of go in phases. I either don't listen to any podcasts or I'll only listen to podcasts. When I do listen to it, hockey wise, I listen to Vancast. Non-hockey wise, I I really like a podcast called Bad on Paper. And it's basically two women who are best friends in New York. And it started out as a YA book club podcast where they just talk about books. And now it's kind of modified into different. They have different guests on. They have like Cindy Crawford on and a bunch of really cool guests. And once a month they do a book club where they review a book. And sometimes they have the author on. Those are mine,
1: Mel. I have exclusively been listening to Formula One podcast um, (laughs) because I have brain worms. I have nothing to really share on that. there's a Talking Bull one, which is the Red Bull one, and I'm going to listen to some, like, other ones, but then also they have, like, the Beyond the Grid one. That's, that's really what I've been doing lately.
0: Danny. I listen to the Mina Kime show featuring Lenny for football because I'm very football obsessed. I work at, like, a desk job, like, nine to five, so I listen to podcasts all day long, actually, because I'm not really listening to sports talk radio, let's be real and yeah and I elicit like for a comedy one I like the Winnie Cummings show it always makes me laugh
1: oh I really miss call Chelsea Peretti oh. she hasn't put anything out but even listening to her backlogs are good yes she's so funny she's the funniest person on earth. there's an
0: app and you can buy her like soundboard on it too I love that
4: <laughs> Georgia I'm a big podcast listener. I fall asleep listening to podcasts. I listen to, in terms of hockey, I listen to VanCast as well. I listen to Puck Bunnies. Um, shout out to Audrey and Christina. And then outside of that, I listen to Binge Mode, which is like kind of hurts me inside because I'm a subsidiary of The Ringer and I really am mad at Bill Simmons right now. But I listen to that because I love Mallory Rubin. I also listen to The Backlog of <laughs> a Game of Thrones podcast called The Storm of Spoilers which I love and I will listen to forever. Yeah, that's I have tons, I can't list them all.
2: Yeah, I also listen to VanCast and the NHL does something called The Executive Suite where they interview GMs and stuff. They haven't been as active lately, but I really like that one. They interviewed Jim Bedding pretty pretty recently. So those are the two hockey ones I like. And then I also like called Between the Mountains, so it's like travel Next question is from I am Winterborn on Instagram. What other sports do we enjoy, Danny?
0: Everything. <laughs> like I, yeah, I like everything. Like including golf, tennis. I will wake up at 5 a.m. to watch tennis. I wake up at 6 a.m. to watch F1. <laughs> I, yeah, I watch I love women's sports too. I'm watching the WNBA right now. Yeah, anything. Football is my one I am very obsessed with. Well.
1: Um, I mean, I watch a lot of baseball and then F1 and then basketball too. I will, well, I actually like watching tennis, but I never remember that I like watching tennis. So I don't actually watch that much, but whenever it's like on, I'm like, this is great. So maybe I should get more into it. I also really like baseball. I haven't been
4: watching a lot of it recently. The J's schedule just keeps getting fucked up because people keep getting COVID. So yeah, I, I love baseball, especially like one, one thing that I'm kind of really sad that we're not going to have is October this year because I love doing the split screen, October baseball, and like a hockey game. It's one of my favorite things. So yeah, baseball... I started getting into football. I live with a rabid Seahawks fan, so sorry, Danny. (laughs) But I started getting more into that. I find it, I don't know, it's a little bit different because of the stoppages. I also watch soccer, Premier League, Arsenal a lot. Um, And then I, like, I love the Olympics too. And I know it's every four years, but I get into curling every now and then because I think it's so fun. (laughs) and ice dance so yeah I'm not I'm not a massive basketball person that's the only one that I that I'm not super
3: into I used to watch a lot of lot more sports before I started practicing law I used to watch hockey football basketball and a lot of figure skating but kind of in the last few years it's been mostly just hockey because don't have time for anything else but I'll like, I'll still, I'll watch the championships. I'll watch the playoffs for basketball and for football. My deepest, darkest secret is that I grew up a Pats fan and it's, I can't even say it anymore. I just like, when people ask, I'm like, I don't watch football, <laughs> I'm good.
2: I don't watch football, but I do. Um, but that's, yeah. Someone on Instagram asked us who our favorite Bruins player was. <laughs> no thank <I> you. <laughs> He's Bruins so
1: much, quote, Charlie McAvoy. That's, that's it. Yeah. Um that's the answer.
2: For me, it's not on TV as much, but I like watching volleyball and pro cycling. And then also tennis. My dad's a big tennis player, and I'm a big Roger Federer fan and Vasek Pospisil. So those three. Next question is from Karen Larson from CBC, one of our favorites. She asks, if we were able to somehow penetrate the bubble, how would we disrupt it?
1: Poison. I would poison the Bruins players. (laughs) I don't think that's what Karen was
4: expecting. (laughs)
1: I was gonna say just like go go like go old school Greek mythology
4: style and just like toss the apple of discord in and just watch them all melt down. That would
2: be so funny. My idea was to channel my inner Louis de bake a lot of cookies and feed it to everyone not on the Canucks, get them really fat, and then the Canucks win the cup. And you could put poison in them.
0: I would break in and just set up cameras everywhere, stream it online. So we'd have like a Big Brother version of them and we can see what they're up to in the bubble. Oh boy. (laughs) They'd all get in trouble though, let's be real. And they'd be over real quick.
3: That would be amazing. Big Brother.
0: That's what this should have been. It's a Big Brother competition. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. I'm actually watching the new season right now because it's All Stars and I'm obsessed with Janelle. when I was a kid. I actually haven't watched Big Brother probably in like two years but I was like really into it at one point so yeah.
4: One of the things that I realized when I was going back through my old tweets because I'm just such a weirdo and I think some of them are so funny. It was after we went through the like hockey player ones. I was like super obsessed with real world when I was 16. I, and I, I actively do not remember being obsessed with the Real World, but I had like fifty tweets about it, and like people, I don't even know these people anymore. But I was obsessed with them. It was very strange. <laughs> the
1: real World's still on? Probably. That's a good question. Well, they do the yeah. challenge or whatever yeah, they do. all the but time. But they've
0: been getting people off. Big see brother if we can from get it Danny now. on the Real World.
4: I know mm. we failed to get Danny on the Bachelor because they're fucking starting filming in a month.
0: We'll so. go next round.
2: Yeah, I think but they keep their application.
1: Season thirty-three. Oh man. aired in August 2019.
2: Oh. Amazing. Oh, are we on to our last question? Yes. Derek, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Derek emailed us and he wants to know, in our opinion, what are some things that need to happen so that women's
0: hockey gets the exposure, growth, and pay that they rightfully deserve? I think they need a partnership directly with the NHL. If you look at the WNBA, they have a direct partnership with the NBA. And you look at the English Premier League, they have the Super League for the women over there, and they are directly partnered with the men's teams. They get good advertising, too, through that those channels and money and more sponsorships and exposure. So I think that would be a big step for the NHL to throw some money down and give them advertising and partner with them. Because you know what? If there was a women's team in Rogers Arena, I, I would go. And I know a lot of people would go as well, and they would make money. So why not?
1: Yeah. And I think also, I mean, I know that they do this with the WNBA is not viewing like the beginning of it and like not making money immediately as just like, this is a failed experiment completely. I think that there isn't enough funding for it and there's not enough continued funding and willingness to have things like even remotely not succeed, like they just immediately cancel it.
0: That's true. And Kobe Bryant was a huge advocate for the WNBA and really put his neck out there for it. So I'd like to see some superstars of the NHL do the same. Some men step up and do that. I agree with all of that. I think part of that is, I think all of those things are necessary,
3: especially what Mal said about, you know, giving it kind of a long leash to an acknowledging that you're going to lose money in the first however many years in order to grow the game to a point where it eventually is profitable. Like it's just not going to happen overnight and a lot of that is just from years of culturally being told that female athletes are not as entertaining or you know the sport women's hockey is not as entertaining as men's and like beer leaguers who are like oh professional women hockey players i could be better than them like no you're not fucking better than them if you watched any of those women at the all-star game skills competition you're not better as a 40 year old beer leaguer i'm sorry like soraya tinker would kick your ass That's that's the reality of it. And I think part of it is just recognizing that you will lose money because we've created these deep seated ideas of how women's sports are inferior, which are which is just not true. But it's going to take time for people to unlearn that, unfortunately. Probably the
4: worst day I've ever had on Twitter was International Women's Day two years ago. When I tweeted a thing and I said that equal pay for equal work for women's hockey players. And I had a shitstorm of people, I got rape threats from some New York Islanders fans. I was getting economics explained to me. Um, it was a wild, wild time. But I think like that idea we have, we're ingrained, like Sam was saying, we're ingrained with this idea that that it's inferior when it's really, it really isn't. And if you look at hockey particularly, it's trending towards skill. And that's what w- the women's game is. It's it Because there's no hitting, it's dependent on speed and skill for it to be really good. And this idea that people say the same thing of like, they're not even that good. They lose to college hockey teams, blah, blah, blah. Men are so much better. It's like, mm, I'm pretty sure Hillary Knight would be better than Louis Erickson. Sorry. Like, I'd rather have her on my team. It's going to take money and it's going to take some cultural unlearning. And also just the the other thing is that money, what it does to the game is it means that someone like Soraya Tinker doesn't have to go look for a job, a second job to work, which is insane to me. If you could imagine Jake Vertanen having to also be a teacher while playing hockey or having to work a desk job while playing hockey, I wonder how his game would be. So, yeah, I get very mad about this. (laughs) Like, so, so mad.
2: So that's all we have for today. Sorry if we couldn't get to your question. Um, we'll have another mailbag in two weeks, so hopefully we can get to it then. You can interact with us on Twitter and Instagram at broadscastpod or email us at broadscastpod at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite Disney song is. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Sineta CP underscore. I'm at sports underscore lesbian. I'm at Danny Huntley. I'm at Georgia Twists. And I'm at Vanessa Jane. On behalf of the Broads, thanks, and we'll talk to you on Friday. The Canucks would have played three games by then. Kind of crazy. So hopefully they can put up a good fight knights against. Knights four.
1: four. Canucks and four. I said Knights and she four. She said oh. Knights and four. She <laughs> <laughs> said Knights and four. I do not see this going though.